Golden Major Max. How you doing up there, bud? I'm dying. Well, that's better than the last one. Uh, uh, you, you see anything up there? I mean, you're, you're hurling away from Earth with about a lot in numbers kilometer per hour, uh, according to my, my math. I'm getting some drag on the right side of my vehicle. I need to let me check my mirrors. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, my God. There's someone hanging off the side of the rocket, and his name is... Hi. <laughs> Guys, meet Hi. No, this is our friend Mikey. Hi. <laughs> so, uh, so for Thought Junkie episode, what is it, six now? It's a uh, lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we're bringing our first guest, uh, Michael. Yes. Thank you for joining us today. I honestly feel so honored to be here. This is awesome. <laughs> like, no, seriously, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah. Look at this. You're going to be able to go home and be like, Mom, look, I was on the Thought Junkie podcast. She'll be like, what? <laughs> I won't put that on my resume. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't know why I have it on mine. Uh, but we brought you on for a special reason, because you are the resident expert in space. Don't say that. <laughs> the resident expert. Everything you say is fact, <laughs> and that's why we brought you on here. Um, I don't know if We I brought like a that. medical major on to talk about space. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm an intro to physics. <laughs> yeah. and, and I own a telescope. No, so. but um, no, we invited you on because you're like... You read a lot of books about um, about space and about uh, astrophysics and that kind of stuff. So we thought it would be interesting to talk about the great beyond with you. Wow, well, I can't wait. <laughs> it's kind of like I, I describe myself as as a kind of a self made musician because I took a couple formal <laughs> music classes. Oh, don't mean to toot my own But but, uh, but uh, most of my music training was just like YouTube videos and like teaching myself shit. I feel like that that's Mikey. It's like a self made. Like has like a self-made doctoral degree right, in like, astrophysics. All right, but like if some a- <laughs> if some astrophysicist, you're like, where'd you go to school? They're like, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> the difference between being a self-made physics guy and a self-made like music man is that there are actually self-made people that make their own music. No one, in, no one on this planet is a self-made PhD physicist. Going like Craigslist, like selling my services as a self-made physicist. What's a uh, What's his name? Fuck. The father of gravity. Isaac Newton. Newton? Yeah. Uh, d- Isaac Newton. But he was self-made. No, well, I, yes, but, like, I'm trying to remember if he went to, do you know if he went to university anywhere? I no, he, the, the apple fell on his head. He didn't have to go to university. Dude, he was a knight. I think he might <laughs> have had some kind of formal education. Definitely not. <laughs> I don't think you could write shit down in England around that time period if you, if you didn't have an education. Um, but so what what were we talking about earlier? Oh yeah, the so Russians. Yes, the first to space. I am Russian. I love <laughs> Russians. Uh, quick side note: just looked it up. Isaac Newton went to uh, Trinity College. Oh okay, isn't that the one? That's in Ireland, right? Uh, that requires another click. Okay. Yeah, it's in Cambridge, England. So, not so not. <laughs> so not Ireland. Is that an, uh, that's in Ireland, right? Yeah, Cambridge, England. <laughs> Just like you said. That's interesting that England had. So what are the three oldest? The oldest are then Trinity, Cambridge, and Oxford, right? The yes. three oldest universities in England. Yeah, I'd assume. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So so he he was not self-made. He was no G. Uh, but the, well, the the whole Apple thing was. Uh, yeah. You know. Definitely. 
you know, it, it's, it's shit like that that makes me wish that I had a little bit more, like, world experience. Because, like, an Apple fell on his head and he goes, fuck this. I want to talk about this. And, like, you know, defined gravity. Okay, but, like, you need to think, like, what... So, so his line the, of thought was, yeah. was if an apple can fall, does that mean the moon falls as well? <laughs> so he was, he was really out there looking at the stars. And yeah. He said, this apple just fell on my head. Is that moon out there also falling? So, but, so, he, so he's looking up. He's going, oh, fuck, I think it's getting bigger. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you got to think about it like this, bro. What, what years were he, was he alive? I'm trying uh, to think. It was like early 1600s. Right, okay. It's the early 1600s. He died a virgin, by the way. That's the, the general belief. Nerd. Uh, yeah. So he's not doing literally anything all day. <laughs> so why wouldn't he just... He's probably sitting around a lot. <laughs> you, 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 you say that, like, if people in the 1600s aren't fucking, then they're doing nothing. No, I'm just, I'm just saying that, like, well, if you're upper class, kind of. <laughs> Every, everybody else is working hard, but the upper class is just fucking... <laughs> Um, but yeah, bro. I mean, I, it does not surprise me that, uh, I mean, you see that with a lot of these guys who made different, uh, discoveries and observations. It's just like, kind of like they had the time to look, uh, look up at the stars or kind of take a look at the world around them in a different way. Or like they looked at it long enough that they started noticing shit <laughs> and they didn't decide to gloss over it. They were like, okay, why is that happening? <laughs> Why is water moving on its own? <laughs> Whereas, like, someone else would look at it and be like, oh, shit, I should be picking, like, potatoes right yeah, now. Yeah, they just keep it moving, right? They just have to accept the world the way that it is because they don't have time to work on that explanation. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I do have a question, though, somewhat unrelated for, for my boy Michael. Okay. What made you get into space, though? Because it's not that, like... That's a good question. I, I mean, most people who are, like, in the space a lot, like, as a kid or have, like, experience, like, you know, end up trying to be majors in it or they try to, you know, further their education formally in it because it's such, like, a uh, a rich, you know, uh, topic of discussion. Mm -hmm. How? I mean, so the, the short answer is that I was bored. <laughs> and the long answer is that my freshman year of college... When everybody else was out partying and doing stuff on the weekends, yeah, I had to find something to do with myself. This sounds like a like a hype video. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm also seeing connections to Isaac Newton here. <laughs> had, lo <laughs> had lots of times on his hands. S still a virgin. Hey, uh, hey there. <laughs> you piece of shit. Be nice. <laughs> Don't no, go there. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, it was just like I had nothing else to do on the weekends, so I just decided to buy a book by. Uh, Bought a book by Stephen Hawking, and it was like one of his intro books, and I just read it and just kept reading because it was really good. R.I.P. Yeah, amen to that. Rest in peace, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, um, that's cool. I never really thought, yeah, I never really gave much thought to what he was doing in there when his door was closed. <laughs> so He's like actually like bettering himself as yeah, a person. Yeah, he's bettering himself. I just figured he was beating his beat. <laughs> <laughs> you know... I'm I'm pretty sure Newton did that quite a bit too. So uh, you know, uh, dude, if he yeah, yeah, if the rumors are true. Well, the other thing uh, I'd like to bring into discussion, though, because I I don't know much about space, admittedly, uh, and I'd like to say that I I'm a 
YouTube novice, if anything. If Michael has the PhD in YouTube <laughs> physics uh, and, and space exploration, I, I have the, the high school diploma. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's all right. Ready for my question? Yes. What the fuck is a black hole? Black hole. That's a great question. Is an infinite amount of mass in an infinitely small amount of space. So it is, it is putting as much mass as you can like physically comprehend right. into a space smaller than a thousandth of a millimeter. And it's uh, it's not like a, a. What was it? I was looking online. Uh, it's not like a hole per se. It's it's a it's three D. Yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 like a like if you had a balloon, yeah. you could fall into you could touch that balloon from any direction. Yeah. So that's like a black hole. You could fall into a black hole from any direction. Yeah. North, south, above, below, east, west. Right, because I because a lot of times it's depicted as something that's just like a hole in space, like a two D hole. You know, mm-hmm. when like it's not at all. It's like a it's like actually like like you said it's like something 3D yeah. like that that you can fall into from well, any direction. The, the 2D part comes from the space time theory where space and time is one flat. It's a 2D. They say space is 2D. Okay. And that's where the that's where the hole comes from cuz it's like kind of like if you put an infinite amount of mass on like a 2D map and right. it pulls it down. Okay. Because it's like it's like putting a weight on a blanket. It's yeah. going to pull that blanket down. Right. So that's kind of where everybody gets the idea oh, that it's a okay. 2D hole. Is, I see. Yeah. Is when you because you have to visualize it somehow because you can't you can't just like put a black sphere yeah, on a piece yeah. of paper and people aren't gonna <laughs> people won't understand what that yeah, means. You have to come up with science. a way to. You have to come up with a way to visualize it in a 2D sense. That's a, I, I've noticed that that's kind of a common thread with a lot of things in space is that we, like a lot of the drawings that you see of them are like ways that we, like the names that we give them, they don't really do them justice, you know, because like the, a lot of this stuff, there's like no way to necessarily visualize it because it's so like. We don't know anything about space. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the short answer. Wow. How, how, how the fuck do we go up there, bro? <laughs> if you think about if you think about how how little we know about space now and how little we knew about it back then, and we just threw somebody up there in a piece of metal. Even like before that, the the idea of like getting someone up there started with, hey, let's throw shit really high, yeah, and and see what happens On because the- like someone goes, hey, th- there are stars, there there's a moon up there, it's not falling, thanks yeah. Isaac, right. Uh, but if if we were to take a, a rock and just slingshot that bitch up there, yeah. would it come back down? Probably, because you cannot slingshot a a rock out of Earth's uh, like. You'd have to be really strong. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying Newton probably figured that out. But like here, <laughs> like in the modern day, I mean, you're looking at you know throwing. Trebuchet a rock through. We could through trebuchet the, the rock through I the stratosphere. <laughs> I need a grant to put Dwayne the Rock Johnson in this trebuchet and fire it directly upwards. Oh my god. And see if he sticks. You're just gonna hurt Dwayne Johnson. But the moon is falling. <laughs> um uh, No, what was that? Oh, yeah, when you think about like the origins of uh the ideas of going to space and some of the technology, Nick, you know you know where that starts? It's, where does it's it? It's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite historical topics. Go for it. Nazis. Really? really? Yeah. Jinx. (laughs) (laughs) 
I did. I, yes, I didn't know it started with the the Nazis. Well, uh, that's where like a lot of our that's that's where a lot of our like technology that took us to space comes from. You know, uh-huh. um, the first uh, head of I'm trying to remember. We've mentioned this before. NASA, the first right? head. I don't know if he's the head of NASA because there's an administrative head and then mm-hmm. there's I think there's like an actual like a, like the a build head yeah yeah the, head, the, of the head of engineering first head of engineering was the guy who helped invent the V2 rocket which totally terrorized all of Europe uh, under its use and um yeah so he uh Werder von Braun I want to say okay. is his name um and yeah he was I think he was the first head of engineering at NASA and like, like a lot of Nazi scientists just got pardoned because they were useful. Because they had information <laughs> exactly, that, that would yeah. help us beat the Soviets yeah, later so on. They all like had to change their names and move to Texas. <laughs> I feel like this is the exact same thing we've mentioned for the past three episodes. But it's, it's mad interesting. Man, we owe a lot to Nazis, apparently. Whoa. I'm saying in the scientific realm. Stop that. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't say that. that that's, that's a bit of a hot take. <laughs> I'm uh, sure we would have figured it out without Nazis, bro. They just wanted to figure it out faster than the Russians. Because hey, they knew the Russians at the time. They didn't really care much. The, about, the Russians were on to something. They didn't though. really care about the morals of taking Nazis. And, uh-huh. Yeah, no. I mean, hey, I'm just saying to be provocative, you know. I have, I have to spur discussion somehow. Yeah, but I don't know if you want the sound bite out there. Have you gone, we owe a lot to the Nazis? <laughs> It's a bad. Do, it's a bad soundbite. Do you dare me to go over and like dub something like innocent over it? Because I will. We I owe have... a lot to puppies. <laughs> <laughs> done. Already done. Uh, but no, I. I mean, it's. I, I think it's really interesting. I mean, going back to your your initial point that, uh, I don't know how. I mean, I mean, obviously we knew about gravity. Yeah. Uh, you know, as we're working on this, right? But I don't think we knew about how gravity worked necessarily i could be wrong but like i, I mean obviously the the denser an object the the more gravitational pull it has mm-hmm. and so like how did we know that there would be no gravity in space we, that, well we we you can tell because as you go higher and higher into the atmosphere the gravity becomes less and less so we, they kind of like extrapolated so they're like, well, if we go this high and it's it's getting less, then if we keep going, does that just mean gravity is going to keep going till it disappears? Right. Yeah. Interesting. And they just kind they kind of worked from there. And then I'm guessing once they got into space, they were just like, huh, okay. So I don't know if you have the answer to this, but it's kind of something that I've been wondering. So there's no gravity in space, uh, but so how does the gravitational pull of objects? Like, do you kind of get what I'm saying? So, like, there's no gravity in space. What it's, transfers gravity? Yeah. So, like, like, like you, what is the medium that gravity so you, you transfers have, through? You have, like, planets floating, right? Yes. And you have the sun that's there. And mm-hmm. the planets move around the sun because of its gravitational pull, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, how does how does that transfer? Yeah, like so, you said, that transfer of gravity occur. So, it's a lot easier if you have a 2D space to look at. Okay. But... Let's, we'll use the analogy of a blanket. Okay. If we all grabbed a corner of a blanket and pulled it out so yeah. that it was flat, but we were holding it, yeah. and put, let's say, a 10-pound weight right in the middle, it would create a circle right? or like a little groove for that weight to be in, right? Right. And so 
what keeps other what what allows gravity to transfer through space yeah. is that curvature. It's the curvature of space time. It's the presence of mass. Yes. Okay. So the presence of mass. So I mean, there's an equation for gravity. Right. Okay. That you can. I mean, you can Google it if you want to. Where it, you take the mass of one object times the mass of the other object, divide it by the radius of them squared. Okay. And that that'll get you the gravitational force between them. But it's really more of the curvature of space-time from mass being present creates like a valley that the objects will roll around oh, the lip of. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. And then when you take that 2D example and you make it 3D, then it completes that full orbit. E- exactly. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So it's like if you were to okay, – so you know those machines that you might see at like a store or the mall where you put a quarter in and it rolls yeah, around and then it, the... it, it rolls down the thing? Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. hold up. A full quarter? I put pennies in those things. Quarters are expensive. No, he's talking about like the, <laughs> or, or no, no. Yeah, you, you can put whatever piece of change you want. Yeah, in. It's, it's, it's like, like a, the big funnels. Yeah, they're they're the simulations of gravity. We yeah. ain't broke boys up here in Michigan. <laughs> and so, so basically, it's it's that happening. It's where that the the quarter or whatever is rolling around that lip or that yeah, ring. Right. But in space, it's not going closer. Right. Because yeah. it's it has enough. Um, has enough like centripetal acceleration to keep it from being pulled in. That's why like the moon isn't falling towards us. It's staying at a relatively constant right. distance. I mean, of course, it's it's an elliptical, so it's it's not perfect distance. Like it's not always going to be exactly this distance away, but it's going to be ballpark where we expect it to oh, be at okay. all times. So kind of like if you were to have like uh, if you know you had like a ball on a string and you were spinning in a circle. Like that centripetal force keeping it outwards, but you also couldn't pull it inwards because you're spinning that fast. Exactly. Kind of like, uh, or, or like like a merry-go-round or whatever, where you're spinning on that and you're like holding yourself in place. Like you have to use a, a force to pull yourself towards the center, or else you fly in, away. Exactly. The the gravitational force is would be the string on that spinning ball. Okay. And then the centripetal force is what's keeping it that ball from coming towards you. That's what's keeping it at that because it's like it's fighting the force of gravity. The movement is fighting gravity. Yeah. It's kind of a a beautiful balance. It is. Because anything more, it goes into the sun. Anything less, it it, it gets slingshot away. It flies into the sun. I mean, it really is amazing when you think about, like, just space in general and Mm -hmm. how massive it is and how how perfect it is for conditions on Earth to have life. I mean, that is yeah the, the math of that that, is, that like, is that is a statistic improbability in its own yeah but there's also the statistical probability of planets being in that goldilocks zone right oh absolutely like, yeah like a, it's it, what's what's I mean, the it, term that everybody says it's mathematically impossible for there not to be life on other planets somewhere yeah. i mean i i, I always kind of call it i don't think this is true but i call it the law of large numbers yeah which it's not really true but basically I mean, there are there are billions and billions of galaxies. Yeah. So how can there possibly not be other life somewhere? Yeah. Well, and it may not necessarily be like it doesn't have to be humans. life on our level. It might just be like bacteria, trees, yeah, or yeah, bacteria, a- or exactly alien trees. Yeah. <laughs> alien. What are what is an alien tree? It looks like an an oak tree mixed with like a piranha plant. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> That's so, like, like, you walk by and it's like, hey, Max. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's also interesting, too, because we have found planets in that Goldilocks zone. But, like, we found, uh, granted, they're, like, fucking far away. Yeah. Uh, that's my space measurement right there. <laughs> uh, 
but but we have found that we haven't been able to like identify life on them yet but like just finding other planets in that zone which makes it capable to have life is an achievement in and of itself which opens the opportunity and improves the chances that there is life out there it's crazy too because we may even have life in our own um in our own uh solar system because the like i mean once we actually like start getting like bigger probes and stuff to mars and we can start like you know going into the surface and and taking some legitimate like core samples and stuff from ice uh ice cores right yeah 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 um we can we can kind of take a look at like the you know the carbon levels of the planet at certain times and whether or not it was possible for stuff to be there we know there was water there there may be some type of microorganisms and I mean, even like NASA's considered sending a, um, excuse me, um, a, uh, a, a uh, I don't know if it's a probe or a drone or, you, you know, just a robot yeah, in general yeah. to uh, Saturn's moon Titan. Like it doesn't even need to be a planet because ti- they think that there may be a chance that in Titan's methane lakes, there could be some type of life in those. Like, I think there's like two seas on like the north and south pole of titan okay and they think that there there's like a chance that there could be like microorganisms in there see that's uh that's interesting too because uh first of all it hits so close to home yeah. I mean, in terms of like the, the universe the second thing i, I do want to bring up though is that there's a difference between what we're looking for here and what we're looking for outside the solar system because what we're looking for here is any life like we're looking for bacteria microbes i mean Plants, God, you know, God forbid. But out there, wait, why, why, why God forbid? Why? Plants. Uh, it, it, it just kind of slipped out of my mind. What if we find like some super aloe plant? So when you get sunburn, it fixes it immediately. Well, you know, in that case, we'll bring it back. But like, <laughs> I, I feel like that won't go to the market like quick enough. Dude, you know? that would be if we found even like just a, a single-celled organism on another planet or moon or something. That would be like. Like, that would cause a lot of chaos on Earth. Like, because that would be the first solid, like, discovery of alien life. Like, that that would, like, mess a lot of people up in the head. They're like, oh, shit, it's clear that we're not alone, you know? Yeah, well, I'm, I also don't think... First of all, you, you get skeptics, like, with anything. But, uh, yeah. but back to my point, th- th- there's a difference between w- what we're looking for here, which is, you know, just anything, whereas outside of here... Like we may be looking for anything as well, but there's a higher chance that we'll find intelligent life, you know? And that is the, the big question. Is, is there other intelligent life in the universe? Well, how do you how do you define intelligent life? Yeah, that may be like your own agenda. Orcas and dolphins <laughs> are, are like dude, like orcas and dolphins are technically intelligent life. There's the, what's the the mirror test or what it's called? There's like eleven or so species of animal that are sentient. Like, they know, like, I am me and you are you, mm-hmm. but, like, other animals aren't capable of that kind of thought, you know? Well, like, there we have we have animals here, like, uh, that that are, um, you know, they're intelligent on their own, you know, and they probably would have evolved to, to do certain things, you know, depending on us being here or not being here. Well, when I say intelligent, I think that maybe my, my rudimentary definition will be, like, do they have some sort of intellect where they, you know, have, like, an agenda to survive? They have, like, a, a goal, even if it's, like, a small uh, being, 
and like its goal is just to like reproduce, die, eat, like stuff like that, you know, like that still shows intelligence because it understands the, and comprehends the world around it. What if I told you that there are certain aquatic animals that ha- literally have their own language? Seriously? Yeah. Damn, that's. They have accents depending hmm. on where they're from in the world. Damn. Yeah, we have intelligent life on this planet. It just doesn't build buildings and, like, you know, they just hunt fish. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'm just saying that any form of, like, given my definition, intelligent life on another planet, like, let's say... You're you saying know, they got to build a tool and hit somebody with it. No. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying they fly by a planet, they, like, stick their head in the lake, and they're like, oh, fuck, there's a fish here. Like, but it's not a fish. You know, like like that would blow people away. That's different than finding like microbes on Mars, I think. Or like if you know you're you're going by a planet and there's like velociraptors walking around, <laughs> you know, or like something similar. So you just want to see an animal. I, I want to see something bigger than the jerk. You want to see like a space raccoon? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you this, Nick. So our life on this Earth is a carbon-based life. Everything that lives is made of carbon. Yeah. So what if on a different planet? It's not carbon they're, they're not a carbon-based existence. Yeah. It doesn't have to look anything like what stuff looks like here. Yeah. It could be like, I mean, what, what's the thing that, uh, in the past, we've always done, like, the thing of, like, the gray alien, you know, that, like, looks like, uh, what if it's, like, uh, I think the new thing now that everybody's drawing them as is, like, tentacle aliens, yeah. like octopi or okay. cephalopods. That, that might just be Japan. <laughs> Stop it. No, but uh what's that that movie Arrival and um have you guys seen that? No, I haven't. It's actually a pretty good movie. It's about language and like yeah, trying to decipher language from a fourth dimensional being. Interesting. You know? Yeah. You you would really like it, Mikey. Really? Yeah. Well, th- I guess that leads right into my next question is you see all these movies where aliens come to Earth yeah. and they communicate with us. Yeah. But I mean, when you really think about it, there is no reason that the aliens can't communicate with their eye sign language or with, like, telekinesis. Yeah. So what do we do if an alien comes to our door and they're just, they're looking at us and they're sending us signals through our mind and we're not getting them? Or what if everybody on Earth one day all at the same time got, like, in their head was, like, Sweepy beep bop boop. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> they got hit with that, and everybody's like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, I actually have looked into this uh, really? beca- because I'm really interested in, like, messages that we send to space because right. we, we've sent multiple different messages out into the universe just to hope that someone responds. Uh, yeah. We sent radio waves. Uh, we've actually sent, like, records, and, like, we sent disks well, with code. And... Uh, I'm going to totally forget the name. Uh, I'll see if I can remember it later. But it is a, a code uh, based on binary because binary is is relatively rudiment, mm-hmm. rudimentary to understand. It's, you know, just zeros and ones. Yeah. And you uh, open it up. And within it has different messages. Like there are certain universal uh, uh, coordinates. There are certain elements listed on it too. Uh, things that are... Well, when we craft these mes- messages, we have to picture things that are uh, universal. So we have to think that, you know, like anywhere in the universe, you're going to see, you know, like oxygen molecules yeah. have two atoms of, of oxygen in it with so many electrons, so many, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh, Mikey's making a face. <laughs> so see, people can't see it, but but I, I see you cheesing. 
I'll, I'll, I'll give you the mic in one second. But but at the end of the day, the, the goal is to send messages using things that uh, are, are universal. Yes and no. Like uh, laws of, of gravity, you know, things that people right. can uncode. Yeah. And whatever language or whatever way they use to communicate, they can understand that there's someone intelligent that shares the same rules as they do. Because it's a system of numbers and not a language-based thing? Yeah. Okay. So uh, correct him now. No, I'm not. I have no correction. I just want to say something that I found interesting is yeah. I, you speak about us sending signals and I, I don't know what research facility it was, but one research facility thought they were receiving signals. Oh, over, yeah. Over I a, this. like a 15 year period. Yeah. And they continued to like receive signals at random times. Yeah. And it turns out it was their microwave. When they, no when the, yes, they That's were. Hilarious. So the the signals would come when someone was using the microwave right, in the other room, would. and they were they were hearing these weird sounds, and they're like, "Oh, these are aliens communicating with yeah. us." So, uh, and they kept, just to throw that out there, we are not the most intelligent species yeah. at some times. They kept that shit on the DL too. They weren't telling <laughs> a lot of people. They're like, no, "Oh they, my god!" Well, because the, for the first fifteen years, they kept telling the world that they're receiving signals. Yeah, and then one day somebody realized it was the microwave, microwave. and no, nobody nobody wanted to talk about it anymore. Oh my gosh! So uh, I actually pulled up the message I was talking about. It's really interesting too. Uh, it's called the Arecibo message. Okay, and it was crafted by a doctor at Cornell University. Right, and uh, I mean naturally people listening can't see it, but I, I encourage you to look it up because it is a kind of like a, a grid graphic with multiple different colors and uh, boxes, which represent binary. Uh, the top row in white represents the numbers 1 to 10, and then other things represented in different colors are uh, different elements, so the atomic numbers of like hydrogen, carbon, like the building blocks of our uh, you know bodies as humans. Is there like mm -hmm. a key to this too? It's crazy. Uh, I'm looking at the, it right the, now. The, the key is really the, the numbers up top, so the binary numbers. They like explain the rest? Yeah, okay. so as far as I'm aware, I, I won't lie, this is designed by someone a lot smarter than me, uh, but the, the things that are also being, uh, like, like if you were to lay this out, right. there's actually a human form made here, uh, I say here again, like you can see, uh, out of the binary squares when laid out in a grid, because it's sent in a grid. Okay. Uh, you see like like a graphic of... Uh, the, the physical, like, uh, Arecibo Center, you see satellite. Uh, there's a, a map of our solar system, too. So only only we would send <laughs> – we don't know, like, the attitude of, like, alien civilizations, if they're aggressive or not. <laughs> only we would send our address out into space uh, and, <laughs> and, like, be like, yeah, come visit. <laughs> I mean, we're really self-centered. Yeah. Expecting them to care about our solar well, system. Well, I mean, dude, why would you want to come to Earth? Like, it probably to an alien civilization, if there is an advanced alien civilization, it probably looks like, like, cavemen. Well, is well probably what let, we let me say like. this. If they're advanced to come to Earth, yeah. Earth is not ready for them. Because if they're advanced and have mastered time travel in a way that we can't even fathom. Yeah. Because obviously they're not close enough to see. Right. Which means they're traveling from a really long way. Yeah. And if they're doing that. Like, they're traveling light years yeah. to come see us. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're ready as a civilization for that kind of technology to kind of just show up on the moon one day. Why not? I mean, 
Well, I don't think we're ready as a civilization we, for sure, but, like, I'm ready. Well, we will look like – I mean, we, you said it. We will look like cavemen well, to half, that technology. And also half of the planet will, like, f- freak out and probably shoot themselves in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'd just like to bring up something really quick. Reading about this message that Nick was talking about earlier, I noticed that it said it's aim- it was aimed at a current location of M13 – which is about 25,000 light years away. But on the next line, it says that they chose that because it was available in the sky at the time of the ceremony. So if if I'm reading that page correctly, they chose to send it there because it was where the telescope or wherever the thing was aimed at the time. So there was there was no they didn't really care where they shot it. Well, it was more of a convenience thing. That's kind of how space works, right? It's like there's no way that you can send it in every direction, everywhere to space. So you got to kind of like pick, because that's what's so amazing about space is that you like sound. Yeah. Like you have to like pinpoint and aim it. Whereas like you can scream in a room here, mm-hmm. but or if you. If you cup your hands and point in one direction and yell something, it's going to be quieter than if you cup your hands and yell it in another direction or if you take your hands away and yell it openly. Well, the only thing I'll say about that, uh, and I'll say it from a personal level, uh, when you say sound in space, it's different than shooting radio waves into space, too, because, because there, there is no sound in space, and the radio waves are, are different. It's, it's, a, it's a transfer of, of radiation. Uh, the only reason I know that is because I was taught that there is no sound in space, and uh, it ruined Star Wars for me forever. Oh. <laughs> because, like, you know, in the movies when all the, all the ships are going by, you hear, like, all the, you know, the, the explosions and shit like that. Like, like if, if you wanted to see what space is really like, you take all the sound out of Star Wars, and that's yeah. it. Because well, I mean, sound requires an atmosphere to travel through. That's right. And there's okay, there's yeah. no there's no atmosphere that in space that would allow because sound waves need to, to need to bounce off each other, and they can't bounce off right. nothing in space. Yeah. So it has to be more of a radio wave or a, a light yeah, energy you have to source. S- you have to send like, yeah, I got you. I'm not. I'm not. So saying, how do we? So how do we like? It has to be on the wave spectrum to send it. Right. So why? I'm trying to figure out. We didn't we send like a box with like CDs in it, like the top hits from the like the I mean, United States in like a certain year that we sent this box up with like a bunch of other stuff. I have no idea. Really? I do know yeah. we sent a car though. We sent something. <laughs> <laughs> we sent them a Tesla. Dog, there's so much stuff <laughs> around our planet, and one of them is a one of those things is a Tesla. That's awesome. Oh, I, I see you looking at me, like seeing if I looked up. Uh, if they sent the box of CDs to space. Now, the only thing on Google, at least for a quick search, is just like why we shouldn't send messages to space. Because we're not ready for what is going to come back. I'm ready, bro. I want to see it's, it. It's kind of like, I mean, this this analogy's in Batman, but it's kind of like a dog <laughs> chasing a car. Like that dog would have no idea what to do if they actually caught the car. I'm a dog <laughs> chasing car. Exactly. You have no idea what to do when you catch it. It's kind of like we can send stuff all we want, but if someone ever sent something back, I oh, think this oh. world would burn itself to the ground. It's, it's like the it's, it's like the response, uh, uh, like the clap and the conjuring. My worries about like, what, what the Vatican would do if someone said deny, <laughs> deny, deny, deny. Have a protocol deny. for this. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> In case of, of alien message, break this box. And it's just like, oh, we found another scripture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's the missing Dead Sea Scroll. Uh, uh, 
Oh man, I told. Okay, so so he, here's what I wanted to bring up, right? Yeah. Uh, I watch a a series on on YouTube. It's called Minefield uh, with Michael Stevens. I'm not sure if I've told either of you about it. Uh, absolutely love it. Michael Stevens is is a really cool science guy. He's not a scientist, but science based guy on YouTube. Kind of like a, a YouTube PhD. Uh, mm-hmm. He'd be an author in this case. Okay. Uh, but one of his episodes talked about sending messages and receiving messages from space. And not just how to do it. I mean, granted, like, like he looked into that, and typically the most, like, uh, the easiest way to do it is, like, radio waves because it's very cheap. Yeah. But uh, he talked about ethical issues. And I think that's what a lot of these articles on, on Google are talking about. W- if we send a message to space, what do we say? Because you guys are, in, are I think we're all three in agreement that if something responds uh, and, like, knows where we're at, it's, like, it's like game over. Like, it's not... I mean, like, in terms of history, when, when the British found, like, the Americas, they're not like, oh, wow, like, this is great. We'll let them be. We'll work with them. It's like, no, we're, we're going to we're gonna colonize this place. Yeah, but I don't think aliens would do that. Once you reach the point where you can, like, zip and show up, like, at a planet, you don't need to – you don't need, like, land. That's so primitive. Like, that's primitive to us now. There's no, there's no benefit in conquering a country now on Earth because, like, you – like, they're, what are you going to do? Like, okay, you took some land. You I mean, might use, like, two resources from it, but those are those are finite. So yeah. there's not really any point in conquering land now. Why would they come here and colonize? They might just want to come here and, like, talk to us and, like, you know, like kind of, like, try and figure out what's going on. Or maybe they'll just come here and wipe us out. They're like, you guys are fucking up. <laughs> and just come wipe us out. But, I mean... I think, I think that one way or another, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't, I, I, I don't mean to be rude, but I don't agree with the idea of comparing aliens to Britain in colonial era. Oh, no, no, I, I totally respect that. That's why I tossed out at you. Uh, the, the, because, <laughs> tossed it at the history guy. Because <laughs> I, I know you know better than me. Uh, but, but the question is, what message do we send out? I think that's the question I, I pitch for the room. You know, we're, we're hired by, by NASA. They, they go, hey. We love your podcast. I need you know the two or three of you guys to put together a message. We're, we're shooting that bitch in the space. Here we go. Binary code. Stacy's mom has got it going. That should be the last thing on the list of <laughs> That's things. The we first say. thing that we should send up into space. <laughs> we, we get we like respond to their email in like five minutes. Please broadcast Stacy's mom. They, they come back. They're like, who's Stacy's mom? <laughs> I honestly think it should just be a friendly message. But again, salutations from again. Earth. What is friendly? So, so the alien picks yeah, it up. To, what's what what is friendly yeah. to the aliens? Because I mean, there's there's tons of different cultural things, things that are here. okay and not yeah. okay. You you mean you could travel ten miles, enter a different country, and they don't want to shake your hand because that's not what they do. Yeah. So it's like I mean, it's anybody's guess what aliens are like or what they yeah. what they would find as offensive, and if they have things that offend them, or if they're like so above us that they don't get offended anymore they're, they're just, just like chill they're just like robotic like they're so not i'm not saying that they're robots but i'm saying like they're they're so advanced that they don't even necessarily have like the same like emotions and perceptions that we do today as people like as as like humans because mm-hmm. like we're pretty in terms of our biology we're pretty like eh soft we're like all brain yeah not really much of anything else Intelligent life could be like 
you know, like it could be all brain and all brawn. <laughs> so I guess my question is, is if if they were to receive our message, if aliens were to get something from us, yeah. why why would it be worth their time to answer us? Well, because they're probably not getting it from anywhere else. I mean, given that we haven't received or heard of a message yet, I mean, you think that if, if we heard of anything, we would look into it. I think it's funny to, to like, imagine that they're all just, like, they all know that we're here, and they're like, nah, we're not going to talk to that guy. <laughs> they're, they're getting the messages. They're, they're, like, putting us to voicemail. <laughs> I'm just saying. Honey, that. you got another call from a guy named Earth. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> just let it go to the answering machine. When will they get the hint? <laughs> then it comes in. It's like, uh, Earth, you know. Stacy's mom. Stacy's mom has got to go. That's what's coming in. <laughs> you know, maybe I can get behind this one. <laughs> Honey, give me my coat and keys. Uh, I, I do think, though, that, like, the messages that we have to send need to be docile, though. We can't just be, like, like, imagine, like, if you're on vacation, right? And, like, you just post on Facebook, hey, here's the four digits to my garage code. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like we need to send something, like, very innocent, shows we're intelligent, like, like the numbers 1 through 10 in binary or, uh, you know, so, some different uh, information about, like, you know, atoms that exist everywhere. So something like, like hydrogen or carbon that, you know, exists. Dude. So that, like, when people know it, they receive a message, they can interpret it uh, because they, they know the content, and then they just say, hey, there's intelligent life coming from this general direction. Let's just listen. That's uh, I, I totally agree with you. I think that that's a perfect way. It's kind of like maintaining objectivity. You're not trying to, like, get an angle with these, with these you know, like, or with, with extraterrestrials or aliens. You're not, like, trying to angle anything. You're not trying to, like, say, like, hey, you know, hi, how are you, you know, because like, like you said that we don't know what that means to them, you know, how that comes across. Yeah. So I think for sure sending, just sending information, like an exchange of information yeah. is the ultimate way to not, like you don't put yourself at risk necessarily in the sense that like you could piss them off. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think the other thing too is is try and send some like fill in the blank information if possible. I like think that's like, a great idea. Like incomplete things, like you know, you send uh, like some of the information for hydrogen, some for carbon, then leave you know, like let's say oxygen, like yeah. half complete, and then when you get that response, that shows that a that they're receiving the message and b they understand the message. So like you need to kind of send a mix of of different things because, I mean. I, th I think it's one thing to send a message in the space. The other thing is to exchange messages in space. Yeah. Michael, ethical issues with that though? No, I, I think that's a great idea that you kind of have to give them, give them a, a way to respond instead of just telling them something. And I also think it's a great idea to leave it purely scientific. Leave it with like the laws that we know of the universe. Yeah. Don't don't throw our own American mix into it because that seems to not work well. It doesn't even work here. <laughs> so just just leave it at a purely scientific, what yeah. we know basis, and I mean, see if they want to respond. Fill in the blank could be huge, though. Like you said, we could send out like a question or an equation or something that we don't know, and if we were to <laughs> receive a response where it was completed, and we were like, oh. Like, it makes sense now. We just send out a quiz, and whoever responds first gets an A. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You no. can have Vienna, Austria, <laughs> as your prize. Or Ohio. <laughs> or Djibouti. 
Nah, that empire too too strong. <laughs> uh, I I do think though that like we're we, we do do some of that in terms of like what we have now. But there's also I know for a fact there's a website that you can pay so much money and have a text or image message sent into space via radio waves. So oh, I don't think that's smart. That's, so that's it, terrible. It, yeah, that's really bad. Well, I mean, it's mostly sentimental. It's so like a picture of like you know like someone significant to you or like you know message like like happy anniversary honey like sent in the space cuz like you know you you might be how much you want to bet someone sent a dick pic oh hands down that was my first thought i won't lie for sure uh i do think that overall though like you you're getting like the the possibility to have legitimate conversations and that should be the the crux of what we're sending out there yeah but instead people are fucking sending like mp3s of fortune and sun or something in space no yeah that's that's what like i know that that's actually a thing like we sent like some type of uh thing harboring information Mm -hmm. and it has like the top 10 top 10 songs from like that year that it was sent and like some other information it has our home address like uh, like earth's home address the coordinates or whatever um and uh i I think i think some other general information but yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of weird the way that we have tried to send. Maybe they just think that we're really weird. Yeah, I mean, um, imagine being like an alien and like you're like swimming through space because you don't need oxygen or anything. To Someone like sends you a mixtape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you see like, you know, you get like a record or like a cassette. Yeah. And they're like, okay, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, this has to be part of like one of our ships or something like that. You know, they bring it back and like they plug it in like, you know, they they, they, they like reverse engineer it they understand their sound on it they right. pop it in their their own version of a cassette player on there and, and like share comes out of nowhere and they're like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah and, and like you know like like how like predator sounds to us in the movies is probably like how we sound to them <laughs> on their planet so it's like alien share yeah i mean what's what's weird is that i've given this a lot of thought with language is like you sound how you sound like to yes. other people it just doesn't make sense to them if they don't speak the language like uh there's a video on youtube and it's called i think it's called like english speakers watch this and it's basically it is it is a american accent and it sounds like he's speaking english but you can't understand the words that he's saying so it's actually a really good video in terms of like the little like uh, linguistical nuances that the guy puts in, so that it sounds like he's speaking like you. You like your brain is like I understand this, but then when you try to understand the words, they don't make sense. Interesting. It's it's like a really weird uh, experience, but it's it's also like really cool because you you kind of understand what it's like as an English speaker to hear English in the same way that like when I, when I you know I understand some basic Spanish, but when I went to Spain a lot of the time, you know people aren't. So having basic conversations like como te llamas you know like yeah. they're not doing that they're not slowing down for you too and like you know like elaborate or not elaborating like enunciating yeah like they don't they don't sound like those those like machine voices that teacher they're like me llamo you know they don't do that like it's all like super quick and it's you know and it sounds completely foreign but you're like you know you know that they're communicating and you know that there's like substance to that mm-hmm yeah, I would I would highly recommend that you you guys like listen to that video. It's really yeah. interesting. I'll probably throw a, a sound clip of it inside the the podcast so people can follow along. Yeah, for sure. So I went to York on the watch today. Oh. Yeah, that dull's ring on her face. 
Can't believe that Maury Alvin John. Did you stop by the Love Life call? Yeah, I come by the next room. I played that privating by the wrong front line today. Oh, the raising man with the National Marine. I think that the a really important thing, kind of talking about being able to send your own message into space. I think it's really important for us as a human race, if we're going to continue to communicate or at least try to communicate, mm -hmm. to have like to pick a speaker. Because you know, a, a company will have one PR person that is, does the radio. They do the talk shows. Yeah. They speak on behalf of the company. That way there's not conflicting ideals and beliefs being spoken. Yeah. And I, I think it's important that if we're going to like I, I get the sentimental part you can kind of just send I love you Rachel out into space or whatever right mm -hmm. but I think it's important if we're going to seriously begin to attempt to communicate or at least seriously send messages I think it has to come from some governing body made up that is like it is their job to communicate and that way you don't have all this nonsense going out there with them Yeah, I think it's because I mean it's more of just like uh, not, not, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a respect thing, but more of like a looks professional and in, in our sense of professional. Again, yeah, aliens, right, we don't yeah. know what they are, but yeah. it's more professional to have one person speaking on behalf of the many, yeah. especially yeah. when it comes to like space and aliens. Well, I, I think it's important too that like when you send out like, you know, your favorite song by Cher, like <laughs> that's not the, the message that brings like a fucking Star Wars Star Destroyer to our galaxy, you know? Yeah. But like you're looking that have like an intelligent message we mean peace we good fam so when that star destroyer comes it's not like i right, fuck share exactly yeah no for sure you got to be careful because i mean it's kind of like jumping into a really deep lake and you don't know what's at the bottom but if if you just like just keep swimming down eventually something's gonna grab you so it's like you know, I mean what I'm just I'm just <laughs> statistically if we continue to oh send messages God. and we continue to attempt to communicate something will. something's going to respond yeah. and we need to be prepared and we need to know what we're sending to them Have you given thought to the um the idea that maybe we're the first to make it this far I have but again I don't know how old the universe is. It's like four billion, it, right? Four billion. Years. That's the Earth. The Earth is oh, four point. Right. The Earth is yeah. four point six billion years old. The but universe the universe is. I would guess it's in the trillions of years. Well, there's there's also the theory that the universe was not necessarily. Okay, so, so there's also the. Have you heard that theory that the universe is not necessarily like created it's just like a sub part of a different like it just has always been it I, always I, will be i have heard that and i don't know if i yeah obviously I, it's a theory yeah, yeah i yeah. mean everything's a theory because we don't know <laughs> yeah, anything we can't really. necessarily prove anything so, so so what do you mean by has been and always will be like it just there is no like as humans we like to think of things having a beginning and an end but there is no beginning and an end it's just infinite interesting that's like the kind of the theory yeah, like even as you're saying that to me, that's making me uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because we, it, it's it's natural for humans to think like something has a beginning and an end, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think from a cultural perspective too, a lot of religions are have that too. Is like there's a beginning and there's an end. Like when you start your job, there's a beginning, there's an end. You know, when you start drinking a glass of water, <laughs> there's a beginning and an end. But that doesn't necessarily have to be true. That's just how things are here. I, yeah. I think that the the way that I kind of think about that is 
you have you have the physical universe, right? So you have you have space, mm-hmm. and then you have time itself. Yeah. That is kind of this fourth dimension. Time is wonky. It is. I mean, it's crazy to think about, yeah. but. I think the reason I I don't necessarily agree with that theory or believe in that theory is that we have scientific research that tells us the universe is expanding Mm -hmm. and we can, we can check the rate of that expansion. Yeah. So I think, I think from us humans, humans perspective, if something is going somewhere, it has to have started somewhere. I think that's where most scientists are like, all right, so if it's expanding at this rate, that means if we just like hit rewind and just had it retract, there has to be some point of zero, which is, I mean, that's how they got the idea of the Big Bang. Maybe it's like a, almost like a, I mean, because like honestly, a lot of this stuff, yeah, like it definitely like you would rewind it, but like maybe it's like a ripple effect. Like, you know, when you drop like a, a pebble in a pond and it kind of like expands and then it expands again. And it exp- you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's like, like, it's like pulses I mean, almost of obviously, universes. Obviously, I bring that up with no <laughs> no evidence or well, like proof to like, you know, kind of like back that up. But like, I'm just saying that like, it's like we, I completely agree with what you're saying about like how we don't really know a lot about space and we, a lot of this stuff, we have a hard time like try, grasping, yeah, trying to mentally grasp it because the we're talking about astronomical sizes and number, like just stuff that we can't even fathom. Yeah, like have you ever seen those YouTube videos where it's like this is the size of the Earth and the oh, size I of the Sun, then that's compared to Proxima Centauri, and then Proxima Centauri compared to this star, and then like you eventually reach a star that is like nineteen trillion has yeah. like nineteen trillion Earths <laughs> inside of it, you know. We can't even like fathom something that big. Yeah. Speaking of not being able to fathom, have you heard? There's a certain name for it, but it, it is a number that is so big that when the brain, like the br- if if the brain, the human brain, tried to comprehend this number, yeah, the brain would collapse on itself and form a black hole. It, what? It is, it, there's a you can look it up. It, there's a number. I can't think of the, exactly what the name is, but it's like. It so is how like, do we know what the number is if somebody's brain hasn't collapsed into a black? But it's it's a theory. It's the name. theory that it's a theory that something is so big that oh, our like brain if you were able to grasp it. Our brain's energy and like the the energy it would need to grasp that number, it would collapse in oh. on itself. It's called Graham's number. Exactly. It's so it would. It, it's, yeah, it would require required. so much energy and so much like if, if you were like, able to grasp it. It'd be then. like when people say that blew my mind. This <laughs> this number would literally implode your mind into a black hole. Yeah, but but that's that's interesting though because you know like comprehension and processing numbers in your brain is a process. It's not creating or destroying mass. Yeah, yeah. you think that that a black hole is started by, to my understanding, it's the death of a star usually. Correct. And it's, yes. it's the the explosion uh, that then sucks in all the surrounding mass and creates that black hole. It is yeah. it is the inability of the star's core to fight gravity. Gotcha. Because, I mean, let's take Earth, for example. Earth, you have its core, right. and you have, like, the surface crust that we're sitting on today. Yeah. So You're missing, the, like, two layers, core, but let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I know there's a couple <laughs> more layers. I'm just kind of going yeah. top, bottom. These are the ones that matter, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but you look at – so the, the core is energy. It is, like, raw – it's like the sun. It yeah. is raw energy, and it is pushing out. Yeah. And the gravity of the Earth – I mean, obviously, everything is fighting to implode on itself, right? Yeah. So a star – a star's death is when that nuclear energy at the core 
can no longer fight gravity. And it, it happens in literally hundredths of a millisecond where suddenly that balance is like there's one 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 billionth more like gravitational energy than mm-hmm. there is energy to fight it. Right. Like, like, I mean, it tips the scales. As in, soon as it happens. Tips the scales in tiny amounts we can't even think about. And that's instantly it sucks it in and Whoa. if it's if the star is big enough yeah it forms a black hole if there's enough mass to be pulled in it forms a black hole but if not it explodes and that's what we call a supernova isn't there also if it's a small enough star it'll just uh what's the term for a star that just kind of goes out like a dwarf star uh, like kind of yeah but uh, i think there's a term like for a like a neutron star where it, it it compacts itself so tightly but it doesn't explode yeah it just like goes out and kind of yeah. like com- yeah, it's like, I it's think a, compacts it. It just kind of becomes like a rock. Yeah, because well, it's 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 a it, or not a rock, but it's it's, it's like a condensed mass. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, new, a neutron star is a form of that. Where yeah. so like let's say let's say the sun because that's a little bit bigger. The sun, yeah. if the sun's nuclear energy at the center mm-hmm. somehow became unbalanced or it ran out of energy. Yeah, and it imploded. But if it one isn't enough mass to form a black hole. Yeah, and it isn't enough or it isn't small enough to explode, if it's kind of in that sweet spot, yeah. it'll compress, uh-huh. and then it won't, like, I mean, it'll, it'll just compress. So, right. it, I mean, it's called a neutron star yeah. because there's so much force in that gravitational compression that right. protons and protons and electrons are smashed together, and they form neutrons because we're, like, positive and negative one, but they come together, yeah. and they, they form a neutron, they just get like so pushed together they just become one that's crazy yeah well gentlemen on that note do, do you hear that in the distance i think that's our our outro music that's the moon right. falling oh. nick <laughs> oh, oh that's what it sounds like <laughs> uh i'd like to say thank you uh for joining us mikey i, I appreciate yeah. having you on the podcast it was awesome having you on man nice welcome thank you for having me a lot of fun first yeah. guest of the thought junkie podcast hopefully mm-hmm. not the last yeah uh we'll have to see if we can find more you know willing volunteers but uh yeah thank you both of you for the conversation thank you to those who listened uh we haven't plugged these in a while but we are t junkie podcast uh, on twitter we're on soundcloud spotify apple podcasts uh, we have an email, but who sends emails these days? No one. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, like to random podcasts. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, Michael, for coming. Yeah. And that's it. Into space, from dust to dust. You gonna yell something, Max? <laughs> <laughs>